Thanks for tuning in to Zero the Educate. In the first episode, Vidya spoke in detail about how to think about investing, how to have the right expectations, asset allocation, and how to pick equity funds, and build that part of your portfolio. In this episode, Vidya talks about how to analyze and pick debt funds and how to think about debt funds. Given whatever is happening with debt funds, this is a really crucial aspect. So don't skip this part. Vidya has deep dives and explains how to monitor and maintain your portfolio so that you don't end up with a dud and useless funds and damage your prospects of reaching your goal. Please enjoy the second part of my conversation with Vidya. My name is Prateek Singh. So the next uh, question I have Vidya for you is on dividends. A lot of people say, look, I will invest long term, but I also want to earn dividends. Now, mutual funds have two plans. Uh, we have the growth and the dividend. And I, I must urge people to go and see the chart of growth and dividend uh, to see the NAV and how it makes a difference over say five or 10 years. Um, but mutual funds can't issue dividends. So why do they have a dividend plan? Are they selling units? What's happening over here? Right. So your dividend plans are nothing but taking out your profit in your fund from your NAV and giving it to you, right? So either it lies in your NAV or it comes to you. It has nothing to do with the dividends that the funds get from the stocks, right? So that's an important thing. Like if you hold stocks and you get dividend, you get those dividend from those uh, stocks. It's not the same. The funds do get dividend from stocks. That's all added to your NAV and at their will. And when they deem fit, they may give a part of it to you. Now, what is the need? Uh, the need uh, basically from a fund house perspective is to make you feel that you're getting something out of your fund, right? Um, I don't want to get deep into, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the issues with the, uh, giving wrong indicators on dividend, calling it uh, an income and so on. Uh, that's, that's a very different kind of, uh, you know, discussion. And uh, that used to be rampant, but thankfully now, uh, because dividend has become taxable with this, uh, you know, financial year, essentially your dividends are, uh, are going to be very, very tax inefficient for you to take. You would rather have it in the fund and allow it to grow. And especially in an equity fund, the question arises, if you take out the dividend, which is nothing but a part of your NAV, it is equivalent to you are uh, selling some units, right? But it doesn't happen there. What happens there is it reduces your NAV. So every time you take it out, you're not allowing it to compound. It comes to your savings bank and it goes to Amazon Pay or Google Pay, right? Or whatever. Uh, so that's what you're going to do. So uh, you're not allowing compounding to happen by having dividends. Two, equity is not a product where you keep taking out money. You're going to allow it to grow. And uh, that's possible only with a growth option, not with a dividend option. Three, just don't even think about it henceforth because it's very tax inefficient. Earlier, two, there was DDT. There was tax being deducted. You never felt the pain because it was deducted from your NAV. Now it's going to be taxable in your hands, right? And fourth, for those having debt funds and thinking that they want a regular income, there is a good substitute called systematic withdrawal plan where you just sell some units regularly, systematically and take out the money. The beauty of SWP is that only a part of it is considered your gain, the rest is your capital and therefore only a part of it would be taxed. So it is highly tax efficient compared with your traditional you know, interest income from your deposits and it will serve the purpose of getting income. As far as equity is concerned, uh, there is uh, there is no case for you to go for dividend when the idea of equity is to allow it to 
uh, group, right? So you can conveniently forget. In rare cases, in very rare cases, like for example, thematic funds, right? Uh, where uh, you have a timing call in uh, thematic simply because you some themes, for example, infrastructure all go through cycles. So uh, you might you don't know when to exi exit, and a fund uh, may give you heavy dividend when you know it has seen high returns. In those cases, it's possible that you are able to book profits because some dividend is you know had. But even those are all now out of fashion because none of those cyclical ones anyway perform, and they are so high risk. It's not worth for you to kind of just get into them to get some dividend. So uh, one, uh, forget dividend because it's not the way to compound and grow in equities. Two, uh, they are highly tax inefficient. Three, if you need income uh, from dividends, especially with debt funds, there are other ways like systematic withdrawal plans to do that. Perfect. I, and I really like the point over here that you know we must underline is that if you're choosing equity, you're choosing growth, you're choosing compounding. Why would you want a quote-unquote regular income or a dividend from it, right? Uh, you you must choose growth, and if you want something like that, choose debt, right? Uh, or, or a systematic withdrawal plan, like like Vidya said. Okay, uh, so now let's move on to debt funds. Um, super safe, always good, no problem. This is what we thought up to a few months ago. So uh, debt has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, some debt funds even blew up uh, and did horribly not well. So how do I know if I'm picking a debt fund? Uh, could something really go wrong? How do I protect myself with this Vidya? Right. So uh, debt, front, uh, debt fund, so equity, um, there's not much of time frame in equities in the sense that you have a minimum five year, seven year, like I said, and anything over is good for you. But if debt, if you uh, diligently follow a time frame based investing and choose your categories accordingly, it can be a lot more simpler and, uh, you know, uh, uh, less concerning for you. Uh, the, what happened in the past happened primarily because people went into longer term products in debt, thinking that they were for short term because their returns looked good. Their returns looked better than FTs. For example, a credit risk fund, right? Those are not products meant to be held for a year or two. They're meant to be held, held for three years or five years because when they take hits, that's a time that is needed for them to uh, heal themselves, to get back to normalcy. But we never allowed it. Um, the other thing is looking at high returns in shorter duration. Some shorter duration funds can show you very high returns simply because they have taken high risk, right? Yeah. So again, those, uh, so in spite of having a proper time frame, you went for a short duration, you may still have been hurt. Now, there are only two ways, uh, you know, to overcome this. One, don't get into debt funds if you don't understand, mm. right? Uh, very simple because uh, they are not FDs. They are not products where you can say for with certainty that a fixed interest will come every time, right? There is a fixed interest on every instrument inside that product. However, because they are subject to market durations, because they are traded in the market, they will be volatile like your equity. So that's something that people need to understand there is no return guarantee in debt. So if you are not comfortable with the idea of not having something that is fixed in its returns, you should not even come to debt funds. Right? The second thing is if you decide you want debt funds, stick to categories that you will understand. Probably it's hard to understand. Then how do I go about doing it? First thumb rule, do not pick funds that are high returning in debt. 
right okay. it's as simple as that especially if they are not uh, government securities i mean if you're going with gilt categories we'll talk about it separately but in any other non gilt category a short duration fund a medium duration fund you know uh, or a credit risk fund high returns cannot come in these categories basically there cannot be much return differentiation even within funds in debt because by and large the universe of investable instruments is very limited so that basically means you cannot have much return differentiation but for something very different that the fund manager does that's not about skill that's to do with risk in debt right so the more risk you take the chances that you deliver uh, more so that risk you don't want to be taking because you don't understand those risks right the understanding the risk is a separate thing by itself you get into a portfolio you look at the kind of instruments you look at their ratings you look at what the rating agencies have said and in spite of it you may have a triple a instrument going to d uh, suddenly right so those are the kind of risks that you face um it's very hard unlike equity market equity markets beautifully sound you off uh, you know when a stock is not going to perform well equity the stock uh, gets derated the market starts selling it and all of those these stories you will never know in debt right because you don't know the debt market is not vibrant you don't know who's selling which bond you don't know dhfl bond uh, you know people have been dumping it well before even events happened right so those are not stories that you will hear so there's no way of alerting yourself to all of these so the best you can do is one go to categories where you know for sure that the uh, sebi requires them to hold only high quality instruments right in spite of it there will be some duds here and there but that's okay so first uh, stick to you know for example a banking and psu fund or a corporate bond fund or a you know gilt fund and so on where you know for sure that these categories are safe or for a that matter liquid fund because liquid fund aren't allowed to go to you know longer duration risk taking yeah, instruments yeah, or an overnight fund market yeah just go use the same metric of a fund that is consistently coming in the top quartile it definitely should not be like two percentage points over the category average something is badly wrong if you take your franklin funds that exactly what happened franklin ultra short or low duration forget yeah. the credit risk Yeah. At one point, we're delivering one point five to two percentage points more than the category. For the last one year, two years, for how long? How long should it? For five this? years, even for five years, when this kind of return differential exists, it means the fund is consistently looking at. Uh, so you should obviously look at one, two, three, and five. One, three, and five. Yeah. And if you see in all of these, the return differential is quite high, and that's why it's consistently coming at the top. It essentially means that there's something very different that the fund is doing, right? and this won't happen with uh, your gilt or your dynamic bond where there are duration calls so there are two essentially two kinds of risks with debt funds right the credit risk which is what we are most concerned about now and then the duration risk the duration risks normalizes with time duration can be very uh, you know kind of um, uh, scary in 6 uh, months one year because your fund can really fall when interest rate calls go bad but then they normalize over time but with credit it is a zero or one you either get your money back or you don't get your money back there's no question of normalizing right so we focus more on credit risk as retail investors focus more on credit risk duration simple thing if you're going long with a gilt with 8 year 10 year 12 year maturity you need to have a long time frame 3 years 5 years at least but ideally you hold till maturity right i ideally hold till maturity but at least ideally hold till the period where it doesn't give negative returns the same principles that we used for equity right 
So yeah. the chances of a guild giving negative uh, returns in three years is almost none. Yeah. There have been very mild, uh, you know, minor like minus point five percent returns still, even in three year periods. But it's almost none. So you can take that chance. But you can't have a guild for a one year believing that you're taking a timing call, right? Right now, many people are enamored by the double digit returns in guild, right? Right. Uh, so it is like catching a stock at the peak. Catching, Just like we did before, right? Uh, reverse. Like so catching a guilt at the lowest of its uh, returns is like catching a stock at the peak, right? So these are things that you need to understand with guilt, but it's not like you won't get your money back. So that's the biggest thing. But with credit risk, high return differential, where it is not a guilt fund or a uh, government security focused fund, can essentially come only with credit risk. Leave them out. If you don't understand them, just leave them out. You don't need them. It's fine not to be able to get those half a percentage, one percentage point more. You cannot afford those risks because when you park in five lakhs, ten lakhs, and you lose the money, that's a lot more riskier than trying to get this additional fifty bips returns. So simply look for steady performing funds around category average returns, and if you can look at the portfolio, see if. Um, Uh, you know, most of the papers are in AAA or AA plus and above, and a good proportion in uh, government or PSU or you know kind of an exposure. Stick to them. And uh, in general, going short term is very safe. Having short duration funds, even for long term portfolio, is perfectly fine. Right? Uh, I'll give you an example. The probability of uh, liquid funds generating over six percent returns over one year time frames is ninety three, ninety four percent. Right? The same probability. I mean, the probability with a short duration is only eighty-three percent. So that basically means a short duration fund over one-year periods. I mean, can be quite volatile over one-year periods, right? They may deliver higher over three, five-year periods. But if you are happy with this, you know, your liquid fund can give you a seven percent returns in a higher interest scenario, but probably just over, uh, you know, your uh, savings bank returns or even your FD returns over shorter durations. You should be fine with that, right? So these are uh, basic things, and uh, bottom line, most of us use debt to hedge our portfolios from the equity risk, right? As retail investors, we are highly exposed to equity, and the idea of debt is to provide us the hedge. the uh, The hard hitter part is going to be done by equity. You don't expect your debt to do that. Right. So, so why do you want that extra one percent? Why do you exactly. want that extra one percent? Exactly. You focus on your equity to get the optimal returns, and you use your debt as hedge. So stay with products that you understand. Stay with uh, lower duration if you don't want volatility. And uh, three, don't look at uh, funds that are like giving you one and a half two percentage points more than the category. Perfect. So the next time you're going through an app trying to find the best fund and you sort by best returns, just stop. <laughs> and think about this conversation we had today <laughs> and maybe scroll to somewhere down the middle than the top <laughs> <laughs> that's nice <laughs> uh, so perfect find out the category average and try to find someone who's maintained roughly there for the last 5 years if if possible if you have that data perfect so let's move on to portfolio maintenance now let's suppose someone has these funds um, and he has to maintain now there's something called portfolio rebalancing right um, after a period of time uh do you what do you do if you have funds in place right so of course if you if you've built your own with your own stocks you'd find a way to change the weightage and rebalance it but with funds how does rebalancing work should i worry about it should i not think about it uh, how does this work okay so uh two things here um one reviewing your portfolio and two rebalancing 
they're both interconnected in one way because when you rebalance you might also be changing funds that are not doing well right so reviewing is basically ensuring that your funds are performing consistently well your funds are able to beat the index are staying at least at par with the good peers and uh, you know uh, making sure basically you know you're not with a dud fund rebalancing essentially is about keeping your risk profile intact and in the process making sure that you are not over exposed to an inflated asset so mm. many people uh, these are very technically uh, putting it very simply put many of you will ask us a question uh, you know when should i book some profits you know should i reduce equity now should i uh, you know increase equity now the market has fallen what should i do all that they are asking is a timing call right so uh, is this a good time these questions are best answered again by going inward by looking at your portfolio and not really looking at the markets it will solve a lot of trouble for you in terms of you know no trying to know too many things take your portfolio it's a 60 40 sorry 70 30 portfolio or 70 30 portfolio over a five year period for instance maybe it has become 75 25 or 80 20 or even in two years it may have happened right now what is what has happened your equity has swelled that's why a 70% equity has become 75% equity right so uh, necessarily your uh, asset allocation has gone out of whack for the simple reason one asset class has performed quite well and when i say i am rebalancing i am bringing that asset class back to where it was why should i do that i am doing it because i know this asset class is inflated in my own portfolio this asset class when it has become 70 to 75 it means it has delivered a lot right so i am booking profit i am as actually booking profit in an inflated asset class and putting it back in a deflated asset class right it could be debt it could be equity so this is what i am doing with rebalancing without even looking at the markets i have no idea whether the market is high the market is low i am looking at my portfolio whether my portfolio has delivered or not right if my portfolio has delivered in general by and large uh, looking at numbers and combinations anything over a 5 percentage point growth in one asset class means that it has delivered a lot and remember it takes a long while even before that 5 percentage point is achieved so please don't think every 6 months or 7 months this is going to happen hardly sometimes it takes years before you can even reach there it takes sometimes a very swift equity rally it might happen faster but you don't have to keep watch for it you know you have a calendar you have a, period, a periodicity to it like an annual calendar or a financial year uh, period and look at your portfolio whether this asset allocation has undergone a change come what may for example 2008 2007 end december you don't you didn't have to know equity was inflated equity was a bubble your portfolio would really have you know uh, even in a one year time frame this 5 percentage point increase would have happened because that was the kind of rally we had right so your portfolio will tell you that it has crossed 75% or whatever and you rebalance it without knowing in january 2008 there be a correction forget december you didn't know anything about december you look at it in march 2008 after the correction began your portfolio may still have been inflated you would still be able to do this and keep your portfolio so what happens by doing this one because you have booked profits you have ensured that uh, you know you are cashed in on all that had grown and you are not your portfolio is not going to be hit hard because your equity is removed to debt right 
So you are insulating your portfolio. In the earlier example that I gave, uh, where between 2005 and 10, if I had been doing an asset rebalancing, you know, I'm at the end of five years sitting with a higher amount. There will be years in between where your portfolio would have delivered less if equity rallies simply because you didn't rebalance. For example, if there has been a rally, a 75% equity portfolio will deliver more than a 70% equity portfolio, right? Naturally. that's okay that's okay because there will be years but what you have ensured is you have taken the profits you not just allowing it to remain as profits in book you have taken the profits to put it in the other asset class thereby preserving your capital and your growth to some extent without exiting right the reverse is also true when corrections happen naturally it shows up and you will be putting more so you don't even have to ask an analyst or a advisor is this a good time to enter the market your portfolio will tell you that so this is essentially what rebalancing does you do this annually clinically without having to you know take macro and you know market and uh, technical uh, you know points just do it clinically i'm not saying you'll be with the best portfolio but you will be with the most optimal portfolio that there is yeah. to achieve your uh, goal why you do this naturally you also have to look so you need to exit some funds while you book profits what are the funds that you exit out of and that's when you get into reviewing your funds am i sitting with that funds remove that first right um uh, how do you go about doing it has my fund been underperforming for at least the past 3 to 4 quarters let's forget the quarter for the past one year right so you compare it with index you compare it with peer see why that underperformance underperformance could be because the fund has changed its strategy could be because a fund manager has changed and brought in a new style which may not be working and things like that you need to give them time so it's not like in 4 months 5 months you you know allow this to happen you at least look for one year and in that one year's time if something is underperforming don't try to immediately exit sometimes these things happen you stop sips watch them move the sip to other funds or fund the better funds that you have uh, you know found keep these funds going and then look for another 6 months to one year to see improvement and then take a call so this is about reviewing your portfolio not necessarily churning every time you see underperformance but keeping tab and while you rebalance you can always remove the dud ones while you are you know changing the asset allocation excellent i think we went really deep into this but i'm sure there are a lot of quantitative metrics etc we can also do so uh, if you guys have reached so far listening i mean give yourself an applause i mean it's been an hour almost so good job you're trying to improve your personal wealth Uh, and maybe you know uh, who knows vidya can be doing a course with learn app also in the future so maybe tweet if you think that's interesting uh, but we spent so much time with you vidya we don't know you right so let's talk a little bit about you tell me your investing philosophy how do you personally invest and maybe one or two important lessons that you have learned uh, through your own personal experience in the last uh, few decades right so um i mean i'm a very boring person so there's not much to say about me but uh, you know somebody if, if you are looking at an accountant a chartered accountant what do you imagine you know one of those <laughs> serious so uh, that's how i started out but uh, thankfully equity markets are something that you know kind of um, fascinated me early on and um, you know um, i took to not the best way to invest but ipos were a craze way back then and i'm uh, saying of we're not talking of uh, um sometime in 2012 post way to k to you know that, those periods so i was investing in quite a few ipos which clicked which did well 
and uh, and then the equity uh, investing continued but uh, what i must say is uh, more than investing i think uh, spending matters a lot when it comes to building wealth right uh, so uh, i'm not a big spender and that has really helped me uh, uh, end of the day uh, it all boils down to how much you keep right and um you don't have to be a very smart investor you don't have to you just have to consistently save and invest and it has helped me in many many ways especially in terms of career switch right so when i had to make a, a switch in career from uh, being an internal auditor to going to a, a you know newspaper uh, there was a significant income penalty that i had to take uh, and uh, guess what although i was young and all that the fact that i had savings the fact that i had good investments gave me tremendous confidence to try out similarly at uh, different points right now you know this uh, plunge into you know entrepreneurship that uh, confidence essentially stems from one you know that you can make do with whatever income you have because you have a certain kind of uh, you know a, a lifestyle that you can manage with lesser income and two you have sufficient cushion that your investments created uh, that allows you to uh, try new things fail or succeed right uh, you're willing to take that plunge uh, so uh, i would say for many at least young investors um, this uh, investment this uh, kind of savings can give you a tremendous cushion to make career switches to follow your inclination since many of them want to do different things these days to follow you know your liking and uh, you know try new things provided you have this cushion with you you know uh, and uh, my uh, you know only uh, thing about all of this would be that um, whatever you do just do it consistently end of the day making a habit of something is what really makes it look great right so do it consistently whether you're into technical trading stock trading or you're into long term investments or you're into mutual funds um just do it consistently and that's why i said i'm a very boring person because you know i just do things consistently <laughs> that's good right i think that's the definition of a compounding right whether it's wealth Absolutely. or talent or skill it's just doing the same thing over and over again over a really long period of time uh and when people see you do it they say hey that looks very easy uh but it took you so many decades or or so many years to reach there so excellent uh why didn't you tell us some books and you can choose non finance books uh with the, <laughs> yeah. that really shaped you yeah likely that many people would have read more finance books than me uh, i mean uh as a stock enthusiast you know i have done all the uh, regular things of reading the intelligent investor reading reading peter lynch and all of those they have always fascinated me and um, but uh, over period you know uh, and um, i must say you know i'm a big fan of ashwin damodaran because i understood uh, you know financial modeling and you know how to look at numbers you know from uh, ashwin damodaran sheets which became an open source uh, you know decades ago which was a big deal then right so even having access to all of these so those are things that uh, each of you if you are inclined to you know even kind of pursue um, you know uh, finance as a hobby to understand should kind of uh, you know go through but uh, other than uh, you know uh, the benjamin graham and the peter lynch i would say a few uh, books um, again in line with my own uh, I, i guess uh, a behavior um this uh, book uh, called checklist manifesto by atul gawande that's one of my favorite books uh, atul gawande is a doctor he talks about preparing checklists before crucial uh, you know surgeries <laughs> uh, so but um, the whole thing is about having checklist to ensure that your uh, you are less prone to errors right so a plane for instance is not 
run with a checklist but a plane you know uh, any big accident is averted because of a checklist right so checklist when it comes to our own work our own especially you know uh, if you're talking of traders day traders or yeah. diligent traders processes you know, checklist yes so you need to be very 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 meticulous in what you do and when you're dealing with numbers analysis checklist becomes you know very important and that's true of our careers as an entrepreneur we have 100 things to do and you know preparing a checklist can really help you at least you may not finish all of it but at least you know what's important and what's not and you know what needs to be done keep the anxiety up also so exactly so that's what well, it's one of i think uh, be disciplined in finance i think that's a key and checklist is one of the most uh, you know uh, vital things to you know uh, be doing the other interesting book is the uh, outliers by uh, malcolm gladwell obviously you know um, that book taught us a lot about how you become successful end of the day what leads you to success right and end of the day uh, while you can have luck you can have serendipity and all of those the amount of effort the amount of work that goes into you know the hours of work that goes uh, before a beethoven is created or for that matter before a warren buffett you know comes you know that's uh, that's something that each of us have to because the reason why i say this is um, because things have become a lot more easier especially in finance and money you click you uh, you know and then you invest then you think you can click and make money everything seems very simple right but uh, outliers is a kind of um, uh, a, a sound uh, you know place where you realize that nothing comes without effort yeah. so is investing so is you know uh, you know uh, building wealth excellent thank you for doing this vidya um listeners go go ahead and visit learnout.com we have a lot of stuff around what we spoke especially different uh styles of investing and trading you should check that out um and vidya and her colleagues do some amazing insightful articles at prime investor i've seen some amazing videos a lot of write ups a lot of research which is actionable so do check that out thank you so much vidya for your time thanks pratik i had a nice time thanks